Hello, Daniel. Welcome to Sakamichi Nights. Welcome. It's great to be back here again with you. Uh, how are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing great. We had a really good day today. Weather was beautiful. People were having a good time. It was good. It was a beautiful day today. Mm-hmm. I actually, I stood outside for a bit enjoying the sun and a small glass of beer today. Yeah. And it was... It was almost the perfect weather for singular, beer drinking. Singular small glass of beer? One at a time, yes. Right, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, before we start, I have a question for you. Oh my God, um, good. Recently, my eldest has graduated, has finished nursery, mm. Hoikman, mm-hmm. and they prepared um, a kind of yearbook with all of her classmates. Okay. And they asked them all a bunch of questions. And one of the questions was, what do you want to be when you grow up? All right. Can you guess... Can you guess what the two most popular career choices were? Oh, out of the whole class? Yes. There were two that really stood out that were picked. Like there are, I don't know, 20-something kids in there that were picked at least five or six times each. Uh, is it a real occupation or is it some like, is it like demon hunter? Oh, that's pretty close actually to, to what one of them was. One of them is a real job. And is, I would say, kind of close to what we do for a living. And the other one is not a real job. At least I don't think it's a real job anymore. Um, But it's perhaps a historical job. Wow. I'm I'm confused on both of these. And Demon Hunter is somehow close to... It's close to the historical job, yes. The historical one. The kids want to be ninjas. Yes. That was was one of the choices. That was a super popular choice. Okay. Uh... And the current one, which is kind of similar to what we do. They're making something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Running some kind of shop. Oh, they want to run a... What do the kids want to do? Comic, a book sh- comic book shop? A candy shop? Ooh, you're getting very close. Think, think colder than candy. A bar. <laughs> Not cooler, colder. Uh, an ice cream shop. Yes, those were the two most popular, most popular choices. That's an admirable. Yeah, I want to either run an ice cream store or be a ninja. Or why choose? Yeah, run an ice cream store at the weekend, be a ninja on the weekdays. Absolutely. Yeah. Ice cream store for ninjas. Hey, are they going to pay though, or are they just going to come in, take the ice cream, and leave, and you'll never know they were in here? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of ice cream do ninjas eat? Uh, Man, I wish you had prepped me for this. (laughs) I'm going to say garlic. I think they're into weird flavors, like the, the stuff you get in Ikebukuro. Okay. Garlic, viper, um, tebasaki, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Say that. Why not? Mm. Uh, but we're not here to talk about my daughter, as adorable as she is. Mm. Uh, and we're not here to talk about six-year-olds. Nope. Um, career choices. What are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about beer. Yes. Uh, but I would like to clarify that this is not a review show. It's not a review show. No. Why is that? Uh, well, we're going to talk about a beer that we currently have on the menu and use that as an avenue to talk about beer making or uh, the bar industry, the craft beer industry. Um, and if we're talking about something we have on the menu, it means we like it already. That's right. Every week we pick one or a few of the beers from our menu and we talk about it or we talk about them a little bit. Uh, and what is the beer that we're going to be talking about this time? Today we are going to be talking about White Gradation from Wine Market Brewery in Nagoya. Excellent. What style of beer is this? Oh. I'm looking at the tap board right now. I know what it is. <laughs> I just don't know if I pronounce it correctly. Hey, I'm going to get out here and say, even before we get into any of this, 
There may be some German words uh, in today's podcast. I don't speak German. Do you speak German? I don't. So we're probably going to pronounce all of them wrong. As an American, I reserve the right to pronounce any foreign word any way I want. I see. Iraq, for example. For example. For example. That's a good one. Um, So get used to it. We will be pronouncing all of these words wrong, and we're not sorry about it. It's a Hefeweizen. A Hefeweizen. Yes. Do you not? It's not two syllables in the in the front there. I don't know. Okay. Um, I say Hefeweizen. Uh, you say Hefeweizen. Um, I'm pretty sure they're both wrong. Okay. Well, people will know. Yes. Right. What yes. We're um, so today's beer is White Gradation. It's Hefeweizen from or Hefeweizen from Y Market Brewing in Nagoya. Uh, let's try the beer. Let's try the beer. I should say off the bat that I don't often order Weizens in general because they often have a banana character and while I enjoy bananas like just just a banana I really don't like anything with banana flavor so that's a that's a product of the yeast as I understand Uh, and I don't want that in my beer or in anything except in an actual banana Uh, so generally I stay away from them that being said uh, this beer gives me real strong kind of spice notes, both in the nose and in and on the palate. And I, uh, I have a lot of appreciation for that, the way this beer kind of... Some beers, you smell one thing and it delivers something else when you drink it. But this one, you smell it and you drink it, and the two things go hand in hand uh, very, very nicely. Yeah, uh, like you, I think that wheat beers were not really one of my favorite styles when I first started getting into craft beer. And I think that's probably because I tried some that were not particularly well balanced Mm. and maybe had a a really strong banana character or a Mm. really strong clove character. Some of them can be a little cloying sometimes, Mm. um, but it is a style that I've learned to really enjoy. Uh, And yeah, as you say, this beer is extremely well balanced, Mm. like a lot of the beers that we serve here. It definitely does have the kind of estuary fruitiness a little bit of bananas, a little mm. bit of fruit in there, and some phenolic spiciness. But it's not overpowering mm. in either one. Yeah. And yeah, as I mentioned today, I stood out in the sunshine and I enjoyed uh, a small glass of beer. Mm. And it was uh, one of these white gradations, actually. And I think that is almost the perfect place to be drinking it, standing out in, in the, the sunshine, sunshine, in the yeah. sunshine, enjoying a nice warm day. Not too hot, but nice and warm. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it was, it was the perfect beer for mm. that situation. Yeah, very nice summer beer, summer summer style beer for sure. Uh, easy drinking, but with enough character to keep you coming back for it. I think it's quite interesting that we, uh, like the number one most popular style requested by people when they come, are people coming and saying like, oh, I only want to, it's always IPAs, right? That's number one. Uh, but number two most popular is wheat beers. People come in specifically and say, what wheat beers do you have on tap? So... It's something that we try to keep on tap. Uh, sometimes they can be a little bit tough to find because they're much less common than, than other styles of beer. But we do find that people come in. I, in my experience, people come in. It's the second most common ask for style of beer. I think that's right. Uh, and it might be asked for because we don't always have it on the menu. So people have to, to ask why we don't have it on the menu. But uh, there is certainly a, a subset of people who come in here specifically looking for some kind of, of wheat beer, something that's a little bit fruity, 
not as aggressively hoppy or bitter mm. as an IPA, but sure. something that's softer and easier to drink. Yeah. Um, why don't we explore the wheat beer space a little bit? Yes. Um, I was looking at LinkedIn today and I feel it may have infected me with some management speech. Uh, let's explore the wheat beer space. Mm. Uh, why don't we start off by just kind of thinking about what, what is a wheat beer? Um, what, what would you say makes a wheat beer? Well, it's, uh, I mean, obviously it's got to be brewed with wheat. I don't know what percentage of the malt bill that makes up, but uh, I know that I know that some of the other beers that we've made, just uh, non-wheat beers, have wheat in them as well. So I'm assuming there's a certain percentage beyond which uh, it's going to be a wheat beer. And in general, I know that you have a crystal vice, uh, which is a filtered wheat beer, and that is kind of an exception to the style. And other than, largely other than that, wheat beers are unfiltered, so they are going to be a bit hazy and a bit cloudy. Uh, and in fact, wheat added to some hazy IPAs is, is, can be one of the ways people get haze out of it as well. Yes, yes, certainly. But um, in order to qualify as a wheat beer, certainly in the, the kind of parts of the world where it's popular, in Germany, in Belgium, in the Netherlands, it would typically be brewed with at least 50% of the grain bill uh, being malted wheat. Um, although it is, it's not common to use 100% wheat uh, when brewing. Uh, and we'll get into some of the reasons for that a little bit later on. Um, to me, some of the typical characteristics of a wheat beer would be some of the things we've mentioned already, like it has um, some estery, fruity sweetness. I think banana is often a big, um, a big character in wheat beers. Uh, and then it has your phenolic spiciness as well. Cloves are another big one that often come through, but there can be all kinds of spices that people, that people uh, sense mm. in the wheat beers. Uh, and these are often produced by a kind of interplay between the wheat and the, the yeast mm -hmm. that is used. So the wheat malt would produce these precursor chemicals mm. that then the, the yeast interacts with to produce these phenols and these esters that give right. it its characteristic mm -hmm. flavors. Um, it's typically not a hugely hoppy beer, although there are some American wheat beers that can be mm. quite hoppy. Um, and traditionally, at least in Europe, it's made with noble European hops, uh, German hops or mm -hmm. Czech hops or things like that as right. well. Uh, recently I have seen, and it's probably been around, you know, if it's entered my consciousness, it's probably been around for a long time, that you see a few more beers being labeled from American craft beers as American wheat as their style. Uh, do you know specifically what the difference is for an American wheat beer? Um, I'm not sure if there is specific thing written down i would have to check about that but to my mind it would just mean that it, it's a lot hoppier That's than one I of its guess, yeah. european wheat cousins mm. um you already mentioned that this is a hefweizen or hefeweizen mm. um and hef means or hefe means yeast mm. right so it's it's unfiltered and it still has a lot of the cloudy yeast um still still in the brew mm. um the the typical variety at least in germany would be a, a bavarian weizen mm which is what you think of as your classic wheat beer mm. sitting in a, a German or a Munich beer hall mm. or out in the, the sun drinking uh, from a huge stein. I'm sure that's wrong as well. I'm sure that there is a specific glass that you're supposed to drink wheat beers from. Some kind of chalice. A chalice? You chose poorly. Mm. 
and then the third kind, which you mentioned already, would be a crystal white, which um, has been either filtered or conditioned like a lager to pull out a lot of the cloudiness. Clarify, it's, yeah. yeah, it's been really clarified. So wheat is a really fun uh, ingredient. Uh, it's It's got a lot of character to it. But why do you think more beers, why do you think there aren't more wheat beers? Is it just a question of sales? Would it just be, I, I think, you know, as I touched on before, not touched on, but jumped into, it's, you know, the number one most popular thing that people come in asking for is IPAs. That's kind of been leading the resurgence of, of American craft beer, certainly. Obviously, it's branched out into other styles now, but as it's branched out, tastes have kind of diversified and Perhaps there's just not as much demand for one individual style like there was for IPAs. I, I don't know. Is it just a sales question? Uh, yeah, maybe I phrased that poorly. I mean, traditionally, why would beer, why do you think beer would be made with barley rather than with wheat? I guess it would be a scarcity question or a cost question, right? Right. No, I, I think... One I think... is more plentiful or easier to use or stores longer or you can brew it in different temperatures any number of kind of like very basic financial and and ease of use factors, I would guess. And one of the other main historical reasons is that wheat is necessary for making bread, Mm. right? So if you have your brewers buying up all of the wheat supply Mm. uh, in Europe, then there's just not going to be enough to make bread. Um, So traditionally, at least, the two were separating. You say, Mm. okay, most of the barley goes to the beer producers and most of the wheat goes to the the flour mill in order to make the bread for us all to eat. Maybe I'm, I'm pushing this beyond your expertise, but would that then push, a, like, give a wheat beer a certain aura of, like, mm, it's, we, got, we got wheat, we made this beer, check this out. So it makes it a little bit more unusual, a bit more desirable. Yeah, for sure. If it was, you know, came from a scarce ingredient the brewers didn't normally have access to, and it, it seems like it would lend it a little bit of, like, an aura of, uh, you know, some kind of special special thing that we we don't normally get to drink uh quite possibly Mm. yeah um we will have to find some 15th century germans to go back and interview to find uh, an answer to that question yeah you know a guy yeah 15th century german um get him in here he he probably will really enjoy this white gradation he probably won't (laughs) is he is he very angry a lot of the time (laughs) (laughs) if he just came from in a time machine from 1500s then this would probably be disgusting for him, right? Uh, the 1400s. What is this? Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. I, I had to pick you up on that one. Yes. You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> um, so one of the main historical reasons is that, you know, wheat was for bakers and mm-hmm. barley was for, yeah. for brewers. Um, but there are also a couple of kind of practical reasons why more uh, more brewers don't use wheat uh, in their beer. Um, the first is that after you've uh, milled and malted the wheat, it doesn't have a husk anymore. Mm. It doesn't have the skin. Mm. So when you mill it uh, in order to make beer out of it, you have to crush the grains mm. and then you mix them with hot water. Uh, and the wheat has quite a lot of kind of gluey chemicals mm. in it as well. Sure. So it really just turns into a, a sticky mess. Mm. You're left with a terrible sticky mess on your hands yeah. in your mash tun. Yeah. Uh, and it can be really difficult to separate the hot, sweet wort from the grain mm-hmm. uh, in order to, to make the beer right. after that. Um, so there are some things that you can do. You can mix it together with barley to kind of lighten it up. 
And some people, when they try to make 100% wheat beers, will mix it with uh, rice hulls, mm. which are the kind of husks left over from when uh, when you mill rice. Right. Uh, and those don't add anything to the beer. They don't have any starch or anything in there. They just lighten up mash. Yeah, mm. they make it easier to loiter. Um, one of the other practical reasons is that, again, this is really not my area of expertise, but I understand that wheat is more difficult to malt and to modify. Mm. Um, so uh, wheat germinates very, very quickly. So the maltster has to work in a much faster manner. Mm. And they have to be a lot more careful when they're malting the wheat. Right. Uh, and also traditionally, um, it's perhaps not the case these days, but in the past, uh, the wheat that was used to make beer was less modified. And that meant it had less of the enzymes in it, which are necessary to change uh, the starch okay. into uh, sugar. So in you order to use more of it. Uh, you had to use more of it, or you had to include barley in there because the barley has extra enzymes sure. that can then act uh, on the wheat. Mm. Um, so there are some practical and some historical reasons, perhaps, right. as well as modern taste reasons, mm. why it's not uh, a more widely used uh, ingredient. Mm. Do you think that uh, hardcore, like, like hardcore wheat beer dudes... Are they against a crystal vice? Because traditionally it's unfiltered. Is there like, is, is it a schism, do you think? Is we're, there a schism in wheat beers? A schism. Again, we're going to have to interview your, your 15th... No, I'm pulling your leg. Um, uh, we're going to have to interview your 15th century um, German fellow. Yeah. Rudolf, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, That's Rudolf. Uh, so get Rudolf in here. We can, uh, we can ask him some of these questions. How is your 15th century German, by the way? communication might be an issue i mean you know as well as can be expected right for someone from that era google translate uh, can do wonderful things these days yeah just said it english to 15th century german we are going to be blowing rudolph's mind in here yeah he's gonna love it he's gonna love it people often say how much they think 15th century germans would like our bar um people not told you that people it, tell me that people do tell me that all the time uh I think to answer your question or to try to answer your question, if you get really into anything, into any kind of hobby, you're going to find people who are jerks about it. Mm. doesn't matter what you're into. There will be people who say, who gatekeep and say, no, this is the only correct way to enjoy this. Mm. Um, I know that's the case with cycling, which we're both interested in. You will yeah. have some people who, you know, go full lycra right away. And if you're not wearing clip-in shoes, then you're not doing it correctly. You yeah. might as well not be cycling at all. Yeah. Uh, whatever you get really into, you will find that kind of person. So mm -hmm. I am certain there are people out there who would regard crystal vites as an abomination, mm -hmm. as undrinkable garbage. Yeah. Um, whereas I think it's, it's quite nice. Yeah. Does the uh, is the, do you think there's a is there a flavor difference between a filtered and unfiltered bison, or is it purely aesthetic? Uh, there must be some if there's like if there's yeast hanging in there. There must be some kind of flavor difference, right? We would have to, to put them next to each other and, and give it a taste test, uh, I think. Uh, that's one for a future episode. Yeah, that um, sounds good. Rudolph is really going to enjoy this episode Drink we have lined up. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly you can perceive the taste of yeast in beer. Uh, and even just looking at the beer can alter your perception of it. And for because sure. it looks yeah. cloudy, you're going to have a different idea in your mind about what it's going to be yeah. like to taste it. Yeah. 
Um, we might have to blindfold Rudolph when he comes in here to make this a, a true uh, taste test. You have to blindfold him anyway, <laughs> just in general. He yeah. freaks out. He's, you know, the car is... Yeah, he freaks out. Umbrellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a lot going just on in Tachikawa. Women wearing pants. It's just, it's a lot for him. There's a lot going on in Tachikawa that Rudolph is not used to. Um, but hey, we it's difficult to hire these days. Yeah, and in the name of science, I feel like we should probably get him in here. We should get Rudolph in here. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, this is something that, that kind of is on my mind every now and then, and might as well ask it in reference to wheat beers. Um, a lot of times beers, people talk about beers being served in a specific glass or a glass being like, oh, I, I poured it into, if you read reviews on Beer Advocate or something, it's like I poured it into an IPA glass, sometimes people say. Uh, I, uh, I understand, do you feel like beer needs to be poured into a specific glass? And I understand that like there are going to be minor differences uh, or, you know, or maybe major differences, but like what is your take on pouring this beer into the correct glass in order to have the best experience with it? Um, I think that it certainly has its place. Uh, for example, red wine is poured into larger glasses than white wine because it doesn't really matter if it warms up mm. as quickly, right? So there are certainly some physical properties of the glasses mm. that can change the way you experience it. But perhaps a much bigger factor is just the setting in which you're enjoying the beer. Mm. I think if you are in a genuine German beer garden and you get it served in one of those gigantic, fancy glasses, mm. like the proper glass, it's all it's almost like a, a ceremony. Um, there's a certain fetish to it, for sure, um, which, which makes you enjoy the beer more mm. because you're you're focusing on it mm. and you're experiencing it in a very, very total way. Right. Um, Whereas if you're at home and you sort of crack open a can and pour it into a plastic cup, it could be exactly the same beer, but I think you're going to enjoy that experience less because mm -hmm. it feels less special, perhaps. Right. I remember reading a while ago an interview with a guy who was selling like $800 wine glasses and, you know, doing brisk business with it. And his point was basically if you, his point was broadly if you feel like you were enjoying the wine more, if you feel like it tastes better because you're drinking it out of an $800 glass, then doesn't the $800 glass make the wine taste better? <laughs> Even if nothing's really happening there. If you, there's placebo effect to these kind of things. Uh, so, um, and you know, and if you are the kind of person who has $800 to splash out on a glass, then you are the person who's going to want to, you know, you're going to be buying expensive wine and things like that, that you're going to want to get the best experience out of. So there's definitely something to be said for uh, experience. And, you know, you and I have both worked in restaurants, cooking and serving food presentation and, you know, seeing something and getting ready for the experience visually before you even start to drink or eat something. So, uh, yeah, I can understand how having it in, in the glass that matches maybe the picture in your mind of how that should be could certainly have a positive effect on your experience of it. And also if you're spending $40,000 on a, a bottle of Chateau Moulin Rothschild, mm. you can probably afford to splash out $800 on a glass at as that, well. At that tier, you're probably beyond $800 glasses. Right. You're, you're even higher. $900 glasses. $800. $801. Ooh. Real fancy stuff. Um, 
Having said all that, though, I wouldn't agree with somebody who says that if you are drinking your Weizen from a non-Weizen glass, then you're doing it wrong. Mm. Um, if you are drinking and enjoying the beer, then you're doing it right, I think, as long as you're drinking in moderation. What about drinking it from a shoe? <laughs> well, if you enjoy it, then, <laughs> then you're doing it right. Now we're getting back into the fetish side of things you mentioned before. Yes, yes. Um, yes, that word has more than one meaning. Like a lady's shoe. Uh, it could be whoever's shoe you want to. It could be a pirate's shoe. No, it could be specifically a lady's shoe. <laughs> it could be Rudolph's shoe. No. No? No. no. Shoes. Not anymore. He's from the 1500s, <laughs> as I said earlier. He wears clogs. He wears... Uh... Sure, why not? Yeah, clogs. Sure, clogs. yeah, why not? Um, so I think there are lots of things that can impact your enjoyment of a beer. It could be something as simple as the weather outside mm. or the company that yeah. you're with or just how you feel that day. If you're yeah. in a good mood, you're probably going to enjoy it more. Mm. Uh, and so a glass, having a right glass can certainly help to enhance mm. your enjoyment of a beer. Mm. But I absolutely don't think that the only correct way to enjoy the beer is from the specific glass that it is designed for. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, certainly. Uh, yeah, I mean, as with any position you take on anything, there are people that will stand up and say, well, no, for this reason and that reason and the other reason, that you should absolutely drink it in the, in the proper glass. And, but, uh, yeah, there's something also to be said for just enjoying the thing that you are doing in the way that you are doing it and not always yearning to find the best way to do it or, or trying to change something about what it is you have going on. And the best way isn't necessarily the way that costs the most money either. For sure. Or the way that everybody else says, like, you have to enjoy this in this way. Or you have to cycle in this way. Or exactly. Whatever it is. You do you. You do you. Yeah, you do you. You enjoy the beer the way that you want to enjoy the beer. That's what I say every day in here. Yep. Um, one of the other things that we say in here all the time is um, thank you to everyone for coming. Mm, um, do. That was a very professional segue. <laughs> uh, we've just finished our one-year anniversary uh, event. Thank you very much to everyone who came out for that. It was a uh, it was a really fun uh, nine ten days, uh, and uh, yeah, it was great to see so many people in here enjoying the beer for sure. And to all of the people that we know that have supported us that that weren't able to make it out over those nine days, we've been. Uh, overwhelmed with the support that we have received over the time that we've been in operation and uh it's been really uh i don't know it's been a great year it's been really rewarding and fun and uh, i'm really excited about where we're going to go in the future uh also coming up in the future we have uh, a new beer being delivered on either friday or saturday this week saturday is the scheduled delivery day Right. So hopefully um, shortly after you've listened to this, um, you can check our social media, um, have a look at us on Twitter or on Instagram, and we'll, we'll post as soon as it's available because we have some Stone Enjoy by 420 mm. uh, on its way in here. Yeah. Uh, it's bottles. It's, um, they've been doing this beer for a while now, but this is the first hazy that they've yeah. done, I think. So it's a double... First hazy in this series. In this series, yes, sorry, Stone has done hazies before, but uh, it's the first hazy in this Enjoy By series, uh, and it's uh, a double hazy IPA, mm. or a hazy double IPA, however you want to say it. You do you. Uh, 9.0%, 50 IBUs. It's probably going to be pretty tasty, I think. I'm certainly excited to find out mm. how tasty it's going to be. 
Um, so yeah, check us out uh, on social media. We'll let you know as soon as that is available for sale. Um, other things coming up, uh, it's going to be Golden Week soonish, and uh, hopefully we will have more news for you soon uh, about a new collaboration beer that we're coming out with um, for Golden Week uh, and possibly uh, an event that we'll be holding around about then as mm. well. So stay tuned for more information. Yes, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to jump in there and say something. No, I was. I am. I'm doing it. Uh, stay tuned for... No, you just said that. Stay tuned for more information. Uh, thank you very much for listening uh, and we hope to see you again next time. Thank you for listening and thanks to everyone for their support over this first year. 